Tell me that you love me still and I'll come home to you Tell me everything's okay and we'll start something new Cause I don't care what you did And I don't care what you said, dear I just want to feel some love from you tonight So come on home, baby, everything will be alright Hi, this is Katherine Shire, one of the authors of Pen Name Jane. Pen Name Jane is a weekly column on Patch.com that I share with fellow writer Chris Sansbury. In our columns, Chris and I explore the truths we encounter during our daily lives as mothers. We tell stories that are intimate, yet as my 10-year-old says, epic. We welcome you to respond on our Facebook page. Search for Pen Name Jane. Pen Name Jane, always right from the heart. In this podcast, I read my column that appeared on Dunedin, Florida's Patch.com and other Patch.com sites on June 8, 2011. To find the article, visit Dunedin, D-U-N-E-D-I-N, dot Patch.com and search for pen name Jane. Let Me Be Your Witness, Exploring the Burden of Deployment on a Military Family, by Catherine Shire. When my beloved 90-something-year-old grandmother was in the end stages of Alzheimer's, I visited her in the central Florida facility where she lived. Her hair had been cut into a stick-straight bob, where once it had been a long silver mane, always coiled up with tons of pins at the back of her head. One of her front teeth had broken off halfway, giving her usually level-headed, no-bones-about-it persona a somewhat offbeat, comical air. I felt so sad when I saw her appearance, but somehow she maintained an aura of dignity, an almost regal, no-one-can-get-me-down attitude that made me glad, too. My grandmom didn't know who we were, her grandchildren, but somehow she knew we were related, that it was okay for us to be visiting, to be having lunch with her. Sometime before, when I spoke to her in Florida by phone from Boston, she told me, "'Get on your horse and ride on down!' She was back in her Texas childhood days, when she rode horses to get from place to place, before many cars were on the road. I loved her gumption and promised to do so. Her home health aide, Stephanie, wheeled her into the dining room, and we all sat down. She sat at the head of the table, her aide to her right, me to her left, and my sister Natalie beside me. Stephanie admonished her to eat, but she mostly moved the food around her plate. Then Stephanie attempted to show off the mental tasks my grandmom could still do. Miss Ford, spell your last name for me. My grandmom started out haltingly, her speech lurching. B. R. she said. No, Miss Ford, you can do this. F. Oh, come on, show the girls how you can spell your last name. I. G. she continued. She's spelling Briggs, her maiden name, I said, looking at my sister in surprise. We tried to tell the aide, but she was going on about how my grandmom could usually perform this task, how, could she, how she could do other things, too. With conviction, regardless of the hubbub, my grandmom managed to enunciate the final letters, 
G.S., as the aide continued talking, unaware. Then my grandmother delivered her drop-dead, serious punchline, the most cogent thing I had heard her say in years, plain as day. Everyone has their agony. She didn't mumble it, but she didn't address it to anyone in particular. She just stated it as fact, a universal truth that existed beyond that table, beyond sickness or health, beyond life or death. My sister and I were the only ones who heard her, and we looked back and forth at each other in astonishment. Everyone has their agony. Which agony was she referring to? Alzheimer's? The inability to communicate with others? To make yourself known? The other agonies with which she had lived so intimately? I later realized that she had given me a gift. We each have our agony. I cannot carry yours, and you cannot carry mine. But I can witness yours, and you can witness mine. I was her witness that day. I am your witness, Marion Briggs Ford. Please be mine. As adults, we all carry some pain beyond, behind our countenances of joy or boredom or na naivete, whether strangers can see it written on our faces as if it had been scrawled there in black ink, or we have buried it so deeply even we don't know it, it exists. I have another sister, a sister whose suffering is right on the surface, at a rolling boil, bubbling through every hour, every half hour, every five minutes. She has tried her best to ignore it, but it is stalking her day and night, like a hunter with a spear tracking his prey. She has, inv she has evaded him the best she can, but I see him gaining on her. Her army husband, whom she loves dearly, is serving his second deployment to Afghanistan. He is due back in two months. She is a son with him, a three-year-old, adorable, smart, funny, super-curious son, who is the mirror image of his father. He was conceived right before his father's last deployment, fifteen months, to Afghanistan as well, and born during his father's midway leave. The two of them, mother and son, have been living without him, and grieving his absence, every day for the past year, besides the eight or nine days he was home on leave. Her life is on hold. Every day is a day to be used up and thrown away. Ever since his departure, the pressure has mounted. She lives with the unspeakable, unknowable fear of his never returning. She carries her optimism and her doubt with her at all times. She stands on the brink. It seems to me that as time passes, she can hear the roar of the surf below more and more clearly, the danger inherent in the surf becoming more and more real, safety just beyond reach. I've heard stories of army wives who greet their husbands returning from deployment as if the guys had been to the laundromat. They put them in the car and are sitting at subway twenty minutes later. They are hard as nails, my other sister says. I see my sister's shell forming hard like a candy-coated almonds, the jovial cover, color meant to distract and mislead. When I think of that hunter and his spear, what I want to say to my sister today is this. Look your stalker in the face and don't back down. Yell at him with all the ferocity tamped down in your gut. He has no right to do this to you. Do not let him get away. He cannot lurk about in the corners of your home without an invitation. Plant him in your yard and make him stay there alongside your ligustrum and wild ginger, singled out to slowly wither from inattention. I am your witness. I stand here beside you. You are not alone. Author's note. This piece was written back in March, 
two months before my brother-in-law's return from Afghanistan in May. My sister's beloved husband is now home, reunited with her and their son. And, of course, my sister has many witnesses, many close friends and family members who supported her during her husband's deployments. I wrote this piece partly because I feel that the sacrifice military families make is often unacknowledged in our wider culture. When people people see my brother-in-law in uniform, they say, thank you for your service. I feel as if we should be thanking his wife and his sons, his mother and his father and his sister just as readily, out loud and in public. I know there are many good organizations that support military families, and I am thankful for their work. I also noticed publicity recently on Michelle Obama's new initiative to support military families, and I hope that makes a difference. But it worries me that our government fails to support the families of our servicemen and women to such an extent that our First Lady has to issue the call herself to go out herself to solicit businesses and organizations to donate services and lend support. The music for this podcast, Hypocrite's Plea by Justin Gordon, was provided by Mevio's Music Alley, found at music.mevio.com. Just bring your clothes back home and give me one more try, cause I don't care about what we know. I'm so sick of feeling low, when it's not fair for us to be alone this way. So come on home, baby, everything will be okay. Tell me that you love me still and I'll come home to you Tell me everything's okay and we'll start something new Cause I don't care what you did And I don't care what you said, dear I just need to feel some love from you tonight So come on home, baby, everything will be alright